in the Self-Achievement Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Dominic, and I am here with Andy Ferguson, this gentleman right here. He is in Scotland, our next person behind the passion. How you doing, Andy? I'm good. I'm really good. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not just saying that. I am really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to hear. So Andy and I just met like a half hour ago. And uh, if you guys remember, I posted in the Self Achievement Network, uh, like, "Hey guys, I'm back. I take most of the year off uh, from my. I took a little vacation, and so um, I'm like, okay, so who wants to do an interview? And Annie was one of the. I think you were the second one that stepped up. And uh, I want to say thank you for taking the leap, and uh, I really appreciate you being here. I, I love being a pioneer. <clears throat> Absolutely love it. <clears throat> You know, great. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So, well, I mean, so when Andy signed up for the thing and he went to the calendar and clicked, I'm like, so, so what do you do? What's your specialty? He's like, that's a great question. <laughs> so Andy is, he's like, he's one of these, you know, he like who likes to support people in creating transformation in their life through seeing the world a different way, which is also called a paradigm shift. So I wrote on the bottom, a passion for personal transformation via paradigm shifts. So before we get into who you are and how you arrived at what you're doing now, tell us, what is a paradigm shift? What does that mean in a like nutshell? Yeah, okay, so for me, the best way I can describe it is the thing that's happening um, almost right now to me in real time my daughter's just sent me a, a photograph this is the this is the sunrise in Banff a few minutes ago right uh -huh. and she's Banff Canada uh, and it's a beautiful high def photo photograph um, so she'll be having a paradigm shift at the moment so so she'll be arriving in Canada speak English uh, at a ski resort she's lived in well, ski resorts before in Iceland and in, in Sweden but we were in Scotland but but because there are certain cultural artifacts, because there are certain social uh, systems and things in place, she will have this, it's almost like a phase shift. Things, things that will, like, like for instance, a post box, right? You post a letter here. It looks slightly different in Canada. It would look slightly different in Chicago where you are. So the, the paradigm shift is this kind of thing of, this feels familiar, but actually... It isn't, and, and what, what it can trigger is this thing that, oh, right, not everybody sees the world the way I do. Not everybody is the same cultural, uh, same cultural alignment as I have. So it's, 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 it's getting a view into a different world, a parallel world. If you're into science fiction, it's that kind of parallel world that exists that you didn't really know. Um, and it's really powerful. If you can embrace that, it's really powerful. I... I met my wife when I was working as a ski instructor in France. She was English, living in France, but she was brought up in Australia. And, and when we started going out together and conversing, she had a very different set of filters, understandings um, that she used to navigate through her life. And, and by coming and meeting her and, and, and learning how to see the world through her eyes, my world changed remarkably and, and one of the great gifts I think of, of being an individual is that we, we, we accrue this 
this experience that gives us these different paradigms. But the fun is finding people that we can kind of share a different paradigm with and suddenly our world becomes renewed again. It becomes mm-hmm. exciting again. It becomes mysterious again. It becomes all of these things. So we, so you, you just feel more alive, I think. You feel more capable. You feel more excited by life. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. I like it. I, and, I, and I like the, 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 the last definition of it creates more excitement. And I think that that's really true. Yeah. So, and, and another thing that, that I'm hearing you say, it's like clarity. So one of, the, one of my teachers used to say, the more points of view that I'm willing to see or understand, the more of a, a viewing point that I have. So it's like kind, of, you know, climbing up those towers. You know, you go to the the forest and you climb up the all of a sudden you see, yeah, the perspective from a completely different point of view. That's a viewing point. And let me let me, t- let me <clears throat> an example of something that just occurred to me. Right. So I I used to live in a, a French town called Nécarol, which is in the French Alps. And you go up, you go, you get into Nécarol by going up this switchback road. <clears throat> And it sits in a valley. It's, if you if you know where Geneva is, it's south of, south east of Geneva, mm-hmm. uh, which is in Switzerland, but but nevertheless, France is just south of that. So 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 during the winter, and this is not uncommon in the mountains. In the winter, you get this thing called an inversion, where the cold air sinks down into the valleys, right? Uh, and all the so effectively the clouds sink into the valleys. And if the mountains are high enough, you're actually you're, you're actually above the clouds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the ski resort I lived in in Lake Ahoe, it, it it actually sat for most of the winter above the clouds, and and it was a beautiful sunny blue sky, warm radiant. Occasionally it snow, obviously, because it's a ski resort. But if you went a hundred meters or a hundred, two hundred meters or four hundred meters or whatever down into the clouds, and in fact there was a city called Clues sitting at the bottom of this valley, and for most of the winter it was miserable and and. You know, it was grey and rainy and wet and horrible at my soul, but you never saw the sun for most of the winter. Whereas just above the, in, in the mountain, it was like paradise. And and again, that idea that you know a lot of people are are scared or conditioned not to go above the above the clouds, right? And and you know, um, and sometimes the clouds do sink in us. Sometimes we are so. Um, pressurized by other things that we can't lift ourselves up you know and and, and hopefully you would tell me i don't run but somebody reached out to you you know um there are people that that, that assist us to get above that to rise above that to, to encourage us and inspire us to keep going you know mm-hmm. and empower us through their their experience to get above that and uh and it, it is not always you know you can give me a scare so if it didn't snow from time to time you know we got bad weather but, but often and, and it was just that particular setting. It, it's not like that in Scotland where I also worked. But in this particular bit of France, it was so evident and so in your face that you could either be in, above the clouds or stuck in the clouds, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> and, and you have a lot of background, as I understand it, with skiing and snowing, and you're an instructor. So, yeah, that, that seems like a, a really good analogy. I think that's great. I was also just thinking, okay, so like we're both wearing glasses. 
These are not prescription. These are the kind that you buy that are the magnifiers. Okay. okay. So, but if I if I take them off, everything is blurry. So if yeah. I want to create a paradigm shift, I put them back on, and all of a sudden, yeah. ah, I can see clear. <laughs> or yeah. and yeah. and the same thing with you know with an understanding about a certain concept or physical reality or something like that. When we see more, uh, when we see other perspectives from different people, we also then gain another perspective, which helps us to have this bigger view of the world. What, what, we, did, we didn't talk about this earlier, but let me give you another word that I, that I, that I really enjoy thinking about and sharing with people, and that's educator, right? Because educator, um, the, the root of educator is, is educe, and educe means to bring out, right? You, a lot of us have heard of Sherlock Holmes deduce, deduction, which means to work out logically. But ages just means to bring out, right? And and so for me, again, this idea of paradigm shifts, it's to bring out something and make obvious that which isn't obvious, right? And and good educators bring something out in us. They bring either something out about ourselves, they, they help, us make, be, help us become more self-aware, or they bring out something about the world that we live in and, and, and help us be able to understand and navigate through that or take advantage of it, you know, and and, um, and so, you know, once I've warmed up to people, I'll often say I'm an educator, but mm -hmm. I, I, I try to avoid that out of the box because it's so loaded, but essentially that's what I also, you know, it's bringing things out, either bringing something out from them, wisdom, experience, knowledge, whatever it is, or bringing something out from the thing they're looking at, the place they're in, that will help them understand themselves in the world a bit better. Mm -hmm. That's great. And, you know, I think, so we're, you're 61, you told me, 61 and a half. Yeah. I'm 63, almost 64. You know, I've met a lot of people in my life, and I, and I continue to meet people. And when I begin to speak with them, I can always, always see where they are in their journey. And there's this part of me that is they're like I want to jump in and say, but wait, wait, you don't, you're not seeing it yet, you know. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. just don't say anything. They're on their own journey. They'll see things in their own time. And I also have worked with people where they come to me and they ask, hey, so can you help provide <laughs> provide me with a different perspective so that I can then rise above this cloud that I'm in, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's a whole different ball game. So, I mean, so what you're doing, I think, is very admirable. It's very needed in the world. And I think that uh, the experience that you're bringing is, uh, is, is truly amazing. So, again, thank you. And thank you for being on the show. So, so this show is called Person Behind the Passion, right? So let yeah. me bring it back up here. Person Behind the Passion. And, you know, we could talk about all the, you know, and see you have a couple of books up there. That you've yeah, yeah, written, yeah. and you know, and we, we'll, 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 we'll get there. We'll talk about those. But like, so the, your passion is about the transformation. How did you? What's your journey? So you were you were born in Scotland, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yes. I was I was born in Scotland, and you know, it's it's back to paradigms. It's a really strange thing. So I was born in '61, and you know, I was born, I think, three weeks, four weeks before 
JFK made his famous speech at Rice University about, you know, we chose to go to the moon and yeah, yeah. things not because they're easy, but because they're hard, right? right. So even as a, as a, a nation, you know, three-month-old, somehow that message got embedded in my head. You know, we chose, we chose to do these things not because they're easy, but because they're hard, because these will be the true measure of, right? And right, love and it. it's like, wow, you know, that... and. But also in Britain at the time, we were um, trying to develop a, a new paradigm for the nation. We had been bankrupted by the Second World War. We used to be the most important nation, the empire in the world. You know, something like a quarter of the world's commerce and, uh, and decision-making was, was under the British Empire in 1890 or something like that, right? So, so but here we are 60 years later, 70 years later, um, and we're in decline, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty grey place. I was brought up in a working-class family. We were still getting food supplements and orange juice and milk and stuff at school because they didn't think that the average working family could uh, provide enough nutrients through their diet, right? Um, mm -hmm. So um, so that was that. Um, so it was, a, it was a different world, and, and it was... A, a, a world of limited paradigms. So I would like to think now that when I speak, people can see that I'm, you know, fairly intelligent, but I really struggled at school. Um, I, and these books that you mentioned, you know, I was fascinated by space because that was the space race was happening. I was fascinated by explorers. Britain had this incredible uh, history of great explorers and we were still promoting that. So adventure and exploration was really stuck in my face but I was having my own adventure which was that I was excited by the world and the education system I just mentioned juice and education the education system didn't want to bring anything out of me it wanted to to funnel me into a particular mold that I would be useful for and I was failing at reading and writing which is ironic because I'm now an author and written loads of articles and stuff right and I have vast libraries uh, because I love reading, but the the education system that I was a part of was not bringing out, was not developing me, was not giving me the opportunity to fully express. You, right above your head, I see self-achievement network. I was not in a culture that really wanted to help me succeed as, a, as an individual. I was, you know, I was going to be a, a bull in a machine. Right. The, the, you, know, you and about and, 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 uh, and fit, you know, yeah. and so 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 my, and I I don't think I'm I don't think that's unusual. I mean, I've met people from all walks of life who you know um, from rich families who who, who who wanted their sons and daughters to, to to follow a particular path, or middle class families who wanted them to be doctors, lawyers, accountants. It didn't really suit them. I mean, a lot of us have. Uh, a, a, a culture and a community that wants us to be something that we're, that we're, we're not really suited to, you know? So, mm -hmm. so I, as I say, I don't think I'm extraordinary in that sense. I just think that I had enough, I had enough support from, I think, from my mum and dad that they wanted to see me happy. They wanted to see me express myself. But, but again, they, did they have the tools to make that possible? Arguably, yes. Mm -hmm. Arguably, no, you know? Um, I think that's the irony, isn't it, about self-development, is that you have to do it for yourself, but you can't do it for yourself. You need other people there that can guide and support and encourage and inspire you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So 
So I think that that's pretty normal for, you know, I don't like to use the word normal, but that's pretty average normal that most people go through. Simil I had the same similar experience. I mean, I didn't never really, I mean, the whole personal growth thing, nobody ever talked to me about that. It was, what was I going to do to get a job and make money and, you know, get married and raise a family? And that was basically it. And then all that fear that, you know, in the back of my mind, like, oh my God, am I going to make it, you know, kind of a thing. And what am I going to do? And what do I really enjoy? Nobody ever talked to me about, you know, what do you like to do? I, yeah. you know, had to figure all that stuff out by myself. So you, so there you are, you're this young kid and you're hearing this thing for, from JFK and you're inspired. And so what was it like to, to grow up in, you know, like your teenage years? You, what'd you do? You were a rat, you were a, uh, I don't know, a rebel? Were yeah. you a, one of these, uh, you know, crazy kids or were you shy and timid? And... I, I, I think I was somewhere in the middle. You know, I was, I, it's interesting because I was quite smart. When I went to high school, I did quite well in the first few years because the concepts weren't a problem for me. You know, physics, chemistry, maths, English, the concepts were, were well within my grasp. It was when they wanted me to express that in a, a particular way to pass exams that I had problems. So I tried a, a pretty good um, high school. I didn't enjoy primary school so much, but high school, I just, I was, because, you know, it, they want a box and there's physics and there's chemistry and there's all this interest. We had some good outdoor ed education teachers um, that took me canoeing and, and skiing and climbing and Bill walking, so so, and we had a science club, um, so I was, and uh, you know I I had some opportunities, um, but remember Scotland isn't a culture, so Scotland and the UK particularly, but Scotland isn't a culture that has the same values, let's say, f as as America, North America, where you know success is lauded and you know achievement is is celebrated to a certain degree in Scotland. There was this sort of post in post empire you know don't get above your station you know there was a certain cynicism almost in in britain in scotland at that time there was all all our heavy end uh oh <laughs> we lost andy oh no His... the industries were shutting down right so we went from i'll give you an interesting start um i discovered in 1895 there thereabouts right a quarter of the, the total commercial shipping in the world, so that's all the boats that are moving goods and services about, were built in one river in Scotland, the River Clyde. That's a quarter, right, of all the total tonnage of the world. That's how important the heavy industry used to be in, in Glasgow, which is 30 miles away from where I was, I was living. We went from being the Silicon Valley, the, the um, Wall Street, the, you know, the Washington of the world, to be in a backwater, so 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 you have to see that that um, that has a big influence, right? That, sure. So on the one hand, you you imagine that anything's possible, but the other hand, you see what happens after ambition is bust, right? So I think that that was that 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 really left me in a strange place. But I go back to my parents. Mm -hmm. My mum was, you know, my mum left school when she was a a kid. She never had a a really good career. Um, she always in, was in service 
Uh, and my father rose, he left school without any qualifications and rose to become a, a middle management in, in the tel at a telecoms company, a utility company. Um, but, but my father gave me two, two, two guidelines, if you like, right? And one, he said, you know, don't be miserable, find, find, find a happy life, right? Because I think he knew that, that you're not much good to anybody if you're miserable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also, as, as a profound uh, Catholic and uh, Christian, said to me, and, he, and you know, he, my father is still alive, he's 91, my father said to me, you will die at some point and you will have to give a good account of your life to God. Right? If, you, if you want to get, go into this afterlife and have this, this reward, you're going to have to give a good account of yourself. Now, uh, you know, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that by anything I'm a Catholic anymore, but that's never left me, that idea of, you have to walk this balance between enjoying your life, which is a good sign that you're kind of coping, and actually being of some value to others, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think one of the things that I did get from a working class background, all my great uncles and my grandfathers were bur bur minors, was a sense of community, was looking after each other, was, you know, we are in this together, right? And of course, there's upsides to that and there's downsides to that. And if you uh, if your if your community is stagnating or declining, um, it's easy to be dragged down with this. So you have to have that courage to to try and move away from it to express your individuality. Um, and and just one thing I'd like to share with the people are watching today is that when I was about fourteen, I went to a plastic ski slope. It's just a you know nylon slope on the side of a hill locally. It's not far away from where I'm now. Um, and the school gave us six lessons on this plastic slope you had to walk up and slide down and there was a poster in that in the in the the room uh, where that was and um it was somebody skiing in this beautiful environment uh, and i said to my teacher wow so it'd be great to to be able to do that and he said forget it son people like us just don't do that right and i'm talking to you today and my daughter has just arrived in, in Banff and she's doing that she's been paid to be a ski instructor and and and, and love and she loves it right you talk about passion she's got a great passion for the outdoors a great passion for developing people and i tell you you know it having done that job it's it's superb it's unbelievable so what i was trying to say there was that yes our culture and our circumstances can set a benchmark for us but we can actually choose to 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 to, to go beyond that if if, if we want and and then we have to find the people to support us. I have to say something to you, um, Dominic, which is I just realised my iPad's about to die, so give me two seconds to grab my battery and I'll plug it in. I do apologise. Take your time. This is the real world. No, <laughs> no problem. I totally understand what you're saying. I think that, so the, um, the important thing for me is that when I... As I live my life, I want to be valuable and be be satisfied with the value that I've provided. In addition to having a happy, enjoyable, satisfying life, you know, outside of what I'm doing to make a contribution. So you're right; it's multifaceted, and uh, and I think that that goes for you know for everybody on the planet. I think we all want to have a great life. We all want to make a contribution in some way and use our life so that we feel good about what we've done while we had the time to do it. 
So you were so when you grew as you were growing up, you were you surrounded by mountains and you grew up skiing also? Um, I, I to call them mountains would be an exaggeration. Um, no, I, I grew, here's two things. I grew up. I used to go to school every day, both primary and high school, looking up at the Scottish Highlands, but they were quite a way away. So I've always looked at mountains um, since it was you know since I could think of. And there is something about mountains that they really got under my skin that you know that as you as we were saying earlier, you you it gives you a different perspective as you walk into a hill system and then climb hills, you get an entirely different. You're forced to have a different perspective. Um, and 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 so you know, let's see let's see paradigms and perspectives are. We'll just use them interchangeably for now. So walking into mountains changes the way that you understand how you navigate through life, yeah? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so that was the first thing. The second thing I used to grow up seeing every day is a hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of year old castle, fortress, a Stirling Castle, which was fought over multiple times over centuries. And actually, I was born in a, in a council house. Uh, wow. Not always born in a house. <clears throat> But that house actually sits on an ancient battlefield where Scotland, the Scottish army defeated the English army, which was kind of expressing itself as an independent nation. So I was actually born in the battlefield, um, looking at a royal castle and seeing hills behind it. So, yeah, I have a particular perspective um, and it's, 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 it's part of, it's, it's both looking to the future and thinking about space and where we're going and how we get there but also deeply rooted in the fact that we've fought over things for centuries. You know, we've argued and fought and um, and, and, and that sort of thing. So that I, I think, and I love this about Scotland, it's a very rich, if you if you decide to dig into it, the whole of life is written, written large in Scotland, you know, philosophy, science, you name it it's 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 a great place to it's a great university to grow up in mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like your education was was uh expanded by the by the history and you know i'm just trying to remember these movies that i have watched with oh my gosh what's the guy's name kevin costner and uh, what was the name of the well, movie? Mel Gibson did the famous. Uh, yeah, Mel Gibson, that was one of them, and the whole yeah, Chris there was. Just did one. Right, Chris did, the Crusades and all that did. stuff, and it's it's mind blowing, really, that that people, humanity, went through that phase, you know, and uh, and the 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 br- brutality and the and the oof. I mean, I can't even imagine now, say you know. President saying, "Okay, we're gonna have a war. Let's get your, you know, your armor on and your sword and all this stuff, and let's go chop people's arms off." I'd be like, "Are you crazy?" Yeah, <laughs> ain't yeah. gonna happen. Talk about paradigm shifts. No, I mean, you know, it's it's and and that you know, reading uh, accounts. We, you know, you live in the land of cowboys, right? We had cowboys before you you guys even had a country, and and we were we had people that were dr- driving cattle on foot across 
mountains and valleys and streams and things for hundreds and hundreds of miles trying to keep these 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 beasts apart. We had a trade war in Scotland effectively bankrupt at the end of the 17th century because the English closed the border and we couldn't export uh, beef in England. Uh, and that, among various other things, meant that the, the country was effectively bankrupt, which meant that we had to form an alliance with England. But here's a bizarre thing, uh, Dominic. The, 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 the circumstances in Scotland meant that although we, were, we became really poor in comparison to our other European neighbours, because we were better educated, and there's a backstory to that one, and we were able to, when we joined England, we were able to exploit what England was doing. And basically England has some, at that time, I think it was eight, eight times the population, now it's got 10 times. But they had their, they had their Royal Navy, they were expanding around the world with the things. The Scots were able to come in and because they were better educated, get very important roles within the empire. And Scotland got rich off the back of being part of Britain, which, you know, there's a lot of people who've got the resentment. This is a personal development channel, I, I believe. So there's a lot of people in Scotland still, 300, 400 years later, resent the fact that England effectively, you know, invaded us economically. But we became the superpower that we became because of that, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's... It's not what happens to you. I know it's the old cliche, but it's, you know, not if you get lemons, you make lemonade. But the reality is, that's what that's what Scotland's history has taught us. You know, you will get we call it kicked in your arse. You know, kicked in your ass. You know, you will get kicked in your ass. It's whether you choose to get back up and and you know. Right. <laughs> it's a cliche, but it's true. That's great. It's great. You are really fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I want to know. So, okay. So I, I I get your 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 childhood. You grew up around mountains. Where did this this the, the skiing instructor part like? How did how did that get in there? You oh, you, you you shouldn't even you shouldn't even go there. So I was talking to my brother. Well, we're we're this. let me just tell you, we're short on time. We can always come back. Okay. Right. Okay. But so so this so 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 remember I told you about my wife. My wife changed. You know when I met her, she changed. My brother changed my life um, remarkably. I was, and as I say, I was talking about it last night because we, we don't talk about this. Um, our family, my mum and dad and my brother and I, went on a holiday on a, a tour around Europe in a caravan with my uncle's family. And it was a great road trip, right? And when we came back, my brother was, you know that feeling that you get when you've just had a marvellous vacation and you just sunk down, you're like, oh. So he was sunk down. And, he's, and he, looked at his, he looked at the calendar and said, my next holiday's in January. I'm going on a holiday in January and you're coming with me, he said to me. So he booked us a ski holiday in Austria. And it was, only, it, it was, it was because it was the only thing that was immediate and he could book and we could afford. So we went off to Austria on holiday. Um, and we had such a great time. Um, and I, I, was, I had, when I'd left school, I'd played in a band and then I got sacked. And then I was working in the records office in a hospital because I couldn't do anything else. Um, but I'd walked into town one day and I saw this new hi-fi shop was open. I knew nothing about hi-fi, but I was kind of interested in electronics and I was interested in music. And the guy, a guy called George Russell, spoke to him and he said, yeah, come and work. <laughs> it's like one for George. And I went away on holiday um, 
with my brother and I came back and George had committed suicide. Um, so I was unemployed um, and that was a big kick in the teeth. So in, in the space of about a day, I went from the high of being in this incredible environment in the Austrian Alps skiing and having this great time to I was unemployed again and this great mentor that I thought I found um, had killed himself. So, you know, it's it was... Yeah, it was pretty, pretty full on. Um, I eventually applied and got a, uh, a place in a college in London studying electronic musical instrument design, which was brand new at the time, at the end of the 70s. Uh, I went down there, spent two years discovering that although I'm fascinated by music and electronics, I have no aptitude for either of those. Um, so I came back and sold hi-fi for a couple of years, but knew I, knew I needed to do something more with my life. And at 25, I, I went off to France on a ski holiday, and I never came back. Um, <laughs> I, I washed dishes in a hotel, I cleaned toilets, I did whatever I could to, to earn the money to stay in France um, long enough to improve my skiing, and then I moved back to Scotland uh, and became an apprentice ski instructor at the age of 27. Wow. That's incredible. Now, you, did you end up going back to France? I think I heard you yes, say. Yes. Yeah. So I spent two years in. Um, I spent two years in, in Scotland as a ski instructor, and I knew I I'd done the odd thing. I'd done the odd half marathon and things for for charity, and I had this idea that I, I wanted to go on adventures. So I keep saying to you, I wanted to do these adventures. So I started doing more and more things. So. Um, in between two of the seasons when I was working in Scotland, I went back to France where I'd been cleaning toilets and stuff, um, and I ran around. So there's a big mountain called Mont Blanc. It's the highest in Western Europe. Some people say it's the highest in Europe, but Russia's got it, depending on whether Russia's in Europe or not. Um, so I decided that I'd do this thing for charity and, and write about it. So I ran 128 miles around this mountain um, in four days uh, up and down like the height of Everest twice by the time you're going up and down and up and down mm -hmm. um, and that was really exciting um, and finally I was doing newspaper interviews and radio interviews and I thought this is good and so the next year so prior to going back to France I thought I've got you up this right I've got you up the game and I was thinking what what have I got to offer so I had some very pretty female ski instructors that were my pals um, and I had a couple other guys and I said right I'll tell you what we'll do I saw it in that French ski magazine guys skiing down sand dunes. I said, let's go to the Sahara Desert and we'll ski down the sand dunes of the Sahara Desert and we called it Ski Team Sahara. So uh, so that was another thing. I mean, that got me on TV and magazines and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. Um, and again, that taught me the, the idea that if you can see the world differently, if you can understand other people's worlds, you can, you can achieve amazing things. So magazines are always looking for, you know, good pictures and good stories. Radio, this is obviously pre-internet, radio stations are looking for people to come on and, and tell, 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 tell tall stories, you know, all mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So, and then if you're getting people's attention, I mean, this is all pre-internet. If you're getting people's attention, you can get sponsorship. People will give you sets of skis and bindings and clothes and helmets and goggles and all the stuff you need. So when I went back out to France, I hadn't spent any money equipping myself because I had sponsors mm -hmm. and I was a nobody this is the, the other key point to make Dominic you know in the world of skiing I was a nobody I, was, I hadn't won any races I wasn't you know but I'd use my 
what I call reimagining. I'd reimagined something, and I understood that magazines are looking for something different. Sponsors are looking to get people's attention, so they, they, you know, if you say I'm going to take some pictures of skiing down a sand dune in the Sahara Desert, that's you know, and, and by the way, you don't have to pay the budget; you just have to. Yeah, it's it's, it's thinking that way. When when when? How can I create these transactions that everybody feels they get something out of it? Yeah. Yeah. So you so you have photographs, or you were photographed uh, and put in magazines. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been in a few ski magazines. I was in one not that long ago, actually, because um, where I live, there's uh, old shale mines. They used to d dig for shale here, right? And they, and they just used to put the aggregate up in big big hills. So effectively, all around me, there's these big artificial hills of red uh, aggregate from from shale. Mm -hmm. And I kept driving past them, thinking, I, I could I could ski down that. Um, so I. I went out and I tried it, you know, and um, and then once I got it right, I put on a suit, suit and tie, where you would go to the city in, uh, and I skied down these bings, uh, we call them bings, um, and it's, you know, and, and... In a suit and tie? In a suit and tie, <laughs> yeah. So, so you That's know, awesome. and, and, yeah, I had to practice a few, I, I had a few tears and rips and went through some clothing, because it's not easy, you know, this, this stuff... Oh, you only ski down because it's basically all falling down with you. You know, you've got little rocks and stones and boulders sure. that fall down with you. Um, but it was just, you know, it, it, why not? Why not? Why not? That's right. Wow. <laughs> wow. Fascinating. You have a lot of stories. Okay, so let's do a wrap. You, you, so you're, so you're, you're married. You've been married for yeah. how long? My, my, it's, it's easier. We met in. Uh, we met in 88, we got married in 94, so okay. however long that is. Got a while. So 88, 2008, 18, so 25 years. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. great. And you have two daughters. I don't know how she's put up with it. <laughs> I understand that one too. So you have two daughters, you said, or one? No, I've got a boy and a, boy and a, boy oh. and a son. Okay, so a daughter and a, and a, and a son. Okay, you've got the you've got the two books up there that you've written, and so so what are you doing currently to support people in this paradigm shift? Do you have a program, or are you just selling books, yeah. or what's what's the coaching? I mean, I don't I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I, so I, I think you know, just recently I've realized that there's a lot of people in the fifties, a lot of guys. I mean, you know, I would, in the past I've worked with both men and women, but I think. It, 50 is one of these things where the, the biological and maybe even the cultural um, differences become emphasized, right? The, the sort of midwife or post-midwife experience is, is different for men and women. And, and you know, I, and I, I understand that. So, so people that are, uh, guys that are invested in something. So it could be that maybe they've made a business or it could be that they've, you know, um, built a family. Um, 50s is that time where you know physically and culturally and, and emotionally all these different factors are re-examined right you know I, I'm reluctant to say this in, in public but because it's, it is a private thing but my, my brother-in-law died um, earlier in the year he was 59 and my father always said that to me in your 50s you start to see you know people start dying around you and become seriously or 
you know, their health degraded, they're, they've reached the, you know, they've reached the peak of their career and they're, they're starting to kind of wonder what's happening next. So I'm particularly interested in working with guys that are in their fifties mm-hmm. to to help them develop themselves, develop into something that is that the the their life is still fun and you know they're they're finding other ways of of engaging in that because we, we all want to be stimulated we all still want to go on adventures we all still want to do rewarding work we still all want to be appreciated but there's a lot of questions and a lot of um answers that we're seeking round about that and, mm-hmm. and prior to covid i was getting a lot of north americans coming over um to to scotland and it was actually quite nice because you know that paradigm shift i was talking about if i take somebody out for a walk um in scotland even if it's just a day or two you know they stay somewhere nice and i'll take them out one day and take them out another day and i'll intentionally get them quite tired um because if you say to someone at the beginning of a trip with that why are you here right it's an ambiguous question that a coach would ask right but you say why are you here they'll come out with something that's pretty obvious and something that immediately springs them mm-hmm. after two days of I've been exposed to a different paradigm, Scotland, and, and all the stuff that I can throw at them. And I say to them, why are you here? You get an entirely different answer. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've done my, my, my time doing coaching in five-star hotels and suites and stuff like that. You get them out for a walk in Scotland where the weather's changing every five minutes, where they're, they're, you know, this, it's the, the, the lighting's changing, the history's hitting them in the face. The reality of, I'll take you to a, a graveyard that's, you know, there's people in there that were buried 500 years ago. And that sense of perspective changing, and it's not just changing the paradigm once, it's, it's multiple things over a day or two. You have insight after insight after insight that you just won't get at home. Um, so, so yes, I'm, you know, I'm home and any time of year, because Scotland's, you know, the same every, summer, winter and autumn or fall, every day in Scotland it just keeps changing so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what time of year you come to so that's one thing the other thing is I'm working with partners um, with people that are interested in developing younger change makers so people that are concerned with all these cultural, social, climactic social political um, uh, uh, challenges that we're facing, crises that we're facing so it's not something that I want to do full time but I'm working with younger um facilitators, mentors, coaches, um, because they're saying, you know, I'm, we're getting all these people that are stressed and concerned and and so so I often help them with the people development part because they, they you know, there's a lot of good people out there that are trying to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't need maybe the, the, the deep level of personal development work that you that you represent, but they need some of that to be able to deal with their own hopes and dreams and build better uh, teams that can tackle these bigger issues so that's that's another thing and then the third thing is really i'm just going out there and trying to satiate my own excitement for the world so i still go and do my own walks i'm still um working on adventures i'm, I'm writing a, a book about my travels i've i've traveled about seven and a half thousand feet seven and a half thousand miles rather on foot around scotland the last few years so i need to write that book um, and lastly, I, I suppose, try to deal with the after effects of discovering that I had a serious heart problem last year, which came as a complete surprise. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. and that changed, changed my life because I was used to thinking of myself as being invincible. And I discovered that I was, you know, 
Melanie is away from having a heart attack wow. and, and had to get surgery to, to sort that one out, you know, so and and that's left me with that that reality that, you know, I could if I'd carried on the way I was going, I would have had a heart attack and died. I'd probably somewhere remote. Um daughter and I have been planning to go to the Himalayas to do some stuff and and, and uh I wouldn't have came back. Mm-hmm. The, the, the altitude and the exertion would have killed me. So I've still got it as a goal, so I'm, you know, I, I need to train. The, my cardiologist says I'm prepared enough that if I if I train well enough, I can get back to the Himalayas, which is somewhere that, you know, is is obviously the ultimate mountain range for all sorts of re- reasons, you know. Yeah, it's amazing. It's just listening to you to talk. I mean, I, I can sense the the urgency about using the time that you have left to to do the things that you want to do, you know, because <clears throat> like if, if all of a sudden this thing stops, I mean, I've one of my best friends in the world for 30 years is in his, in his truck. <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> and you've heard these stories before. And all of a sudden he has a massive heart attack and dies. Yeah. You know, and he was only in his mid fifties. And so, yeah. You know, this is like, wow, such a wake-up call. Amazing. All right. Okay, so uh, here's what I'm, I'm going to – we'll, we'll leave. I have one more question, and then before we end, um, and I before I ask you this question, so if people would like to reach out to you, they can reach out to you with the link in this thread. That's uh, the way to get a hold of you. I'm, I'm not seeing it, but the best, the best way of doing it, is we but in the middle of switching over web uh, to uh, websites and stuff. Um, but you know, my email is very easy. And if somebody e- emails me, I'll send links and things. But my email is Andy Ferguson, A N D. This is the dyslexic speaking. A N D F E R G U S O N. Andy Ferguson at me me dot com. Okay. Can't be any simpler than that. Okay. And if if somebody sends me an email. You know, I can send links back and, and, and all, which are up to date because we are literally building our new website and new back end as we speak. Okay. And I would recommend just, you know, just when we finish with this interview, you can just go into the thread and, and just type it in. Hey, if you'd like to reach out to me, here's my email. That way it's there. Otherwise, it's buried in this, in the video. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. Right. So anyway. All right. So obviously you've been around. You've got a lot of life experience. And you've met a lot of people in, in, in your lifetime. If, let's pretend, okay, that the entire population, every single person on the planet right now is watching this interview. So we have the attention of humanity. The whole population, right? Everybody's listening. That's a lot of people. What message would you like to send to humanity? Andy Ferguson. I'd like to, I'd like to pass on my dad's legacy, which is being happy and making a difference, you know, being able to change people's lives are not mutually exclusive. You, you, can, you can follow a passion, you can express yourself, you can have these sublime moments, right? There will be moments of despair, you know, the absolute, I, you know, I took myself off to France 
way before it was easy to communicate with people and was on my own, alone, cleaning toilets, right? But you know, I got a, just before we came on air here, I got a picture from Bam for my daughter and it's the most incredible, beautiful photograph. And I know that bringing up my kids wasn't easy. You know, a lot of guys do struggle. We, you know, we want to go off and do big things and do important things. And sometimes we kind of ignore what's in front of us and, and you know, my wife was really good at pulling me back and saying, you know, don't save the, don't save the world, just make sure your kids are well looked after. And now you can see what you invest in will, will ref be reflected back on you, right? So so think very carefully about what you're investing in. And I think you can invest in yourself and the people that matter to you and in the world. And you can somewhere in that midst you'll find a way of having a lot of fun, doing a lot of good work being appreciated and rewarded and having a great life. And and if you if and, and, and if you are watching this and, and nobody's in your life supporting that, then email me and I will because you know there's eight billion of us, but one more person living a life like that, having the, the belief and the desire and the support to live that life, that's what I live for. I want to help people, you know I'm, my life was wasted if I don't have the opportunity to, to help and serve as many people as I can. That's exactly right. That's great. That's a great message. <laughs> Thank you. Amazing. Amazing. So, okay. Well, I'm going to push the stop button. All right. You stay there. We'll come back into our, into our room. And I want to say to all of you, thank you so much for watching. I so much appreciate it. If you have the, uh, the desire, want to come and uh, do a little interview with me, please uh, I'll leave the calendar link in there. You can sign up. And Andy, please, um, I'm going to leave this in your hands. So anytime that you want to come back, you have the link. <clears throat> Pardon me. So you can schedule your time again, come up with a, a topic or, <clears throat> excuse me, something that you want to talk about, and then we'll come back live and then we'll do it again and start where we picked up, we'll start where we pick up where we left off. Okay. Sound good? Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Thank you, Dominic. Yeah, I appreciate having the opportunity to speak to you. Hearing your story before we started was amazing, uh, very uplifting and inspiring. And um, and so thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, everyone, have yourself a fabulous day. Remember to stay inspired and have fun. Yeah, have fun. Have fun. That's what it's all about. Okay, excellent. Andy, you are a fascinating dude, man. You've got a lot of great stories. I love it. And I, I think that people appreciate the, the, the wisdom and the knowledge and the, the, the little tidbits of advice because it's really valuable. So let's do this again. Well, just, I've lost you. What's happened to you? I've, I've... I can see you perfectly. Yeah, I can't see you, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I think, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about, Dominic, is, you know, um, who do I speak for and who do I speak to, right? And I, th I think I speak for a lot of guys that are, you know, we've, we've had to try and find a way in the world and, and, and we need, you know, we need this 